What's going on guys? John Hasselbauer here, golf rider for thelines.com. And in this video, we'll be going over everything you need to know for the 2023 AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. Before we get into this video, make sure you are subscribed to the Lines YouTube channel. Um, make sure you are checking out the Discord, which is free and linked in the description. And looking for all of my content on the site. Also linked in the description at thelines.com. Uh, we got a lot going on um, with now NBA Finals in full swing on the channel, and uh, PJ Championship is next week, which is much more exciting than anything that we'll be talking about um, this week with uh, the second major of the year on tap. And uh, up in my neck of the woods now in Rochester, I went to school in Syracuse, not too far from there. I've never been to Oak Hill, and unfortunately, I won't be there this year. Um, but I am very excited for PJ Championship, and there will be a ton of content, as always, in a major week on this channel and on the lines uh, in the next few weeks. So make sure you look out for all of that. Um, starting this video off with everything that happened last week in the golf world, we had um, we had the Wells Fargo Championship, which is another elevated event. It definitely was the most flat elevated event so far. I mean, you can't control what's going to happen down the stretch, but it did seem like uh, it was only a two-man race for all of Sunday between Wyndham Clark and Xander Shoffley. Um, Xander just really in like pre-2022 Xander fashion, just kind of folded uh, once he touched the lead, which is a little bit concerning for his, potentially for his major prospects this year on uh, somebody that's definitely going to have a short number in all of the majors. Um, to not be able to come even close to dueling with Wyndham Clark is not great for Xander Shoffley, but um, he's playing so well right now. And off the tee was maybe a little bit of a concern for him with everything from fairway to green being tip top. And, and he's never hit his irons any better than he has right now. So maybe he's a top 10 consideration at, at the PJ Championship next week. Um, definitely playing like a clear top four player in the world right now, I would, or I would say top five. Uh, and it's uh, definitely Rom and uh, Scheffler, which I would say are 1A, 1B. Um, Rory, I think you still have to put him as the third best player in the world, even though he's been disappointing. Now for three weeks in a row, he's still Rory McIlroy. And then take your pick of Xander and Cantlay, neither of them have won a major yet, but both of them seem overdue to potentially pick one up this season. So that, that at, you know, the state of golf right now, I would say those are your five best players, um, in the world. And then after that, it, it's, it gets a lot more muddy with like Homa who looked a little bit like himself again at the Wells Fargo and Justin Thomas is sort of in there and Hovland and, and Morikawa, they're all kind of jumbled up. So um, it'll be interesting to see where odds finally fall, um, next week, especially with, with Jordan Spieth now injured, um, not really sure where they're going to price him. And he was really trending towards, uh, having an opportunity to pick up the career slam at, at Oak Hill. So hopefully he is not, uh, severely injured, uh, but he did have to withdraw due to a wrist injury and definitely was not a hundred percent playing last week. I don't think this is a made up injury for Spieth. Um, he loves this tournament. He tweeted it out and that is an earnest, um, withdrawal. It's not a Dustin Johnson at the three M open situation where he was doing backflips off a boat and then made up 
a press release about having a bad back or something. Um, this is this is like Jordan Spieth really wanted to play. I would I, I thought he was a threat to win. Um, I mean, we literally have seen him win in Texas the week before a major that he really cares about because he cares so much about playing in Texas uh, when he won the Valero last year before um, before the master or two years ago before the master. So that's, that really does suck for him. Um, and I think it's going to be all eyes on Scheffler now being sort of the representative of Texas, because, you know, you would also put like a, a Wills Altoris in that bucket and he's not playing either. So a tough draw for the AT&T Byron Nelson. This is just a, in general, a tough draw on the schedule. And they had always sort of relied on, um, getting those Texas stars to come here so that the field would be a little bit stronger, but, uh, you know, what can you do? It's, uh, it's still going to be a, a decent field. There's still, I want to say nine t- world golf top fifth, top 40, I believe it is, um, rated players in this week's field. So there's still some depth at the top. It definitely bottoms out to the middle and bottom. Um, and also just to touch on Wyndham Clark, uh, a frustrating omission from my betting card last week. It's never great when the winner was on your card at a quarter of the number the week before and on your first round leader card because you love the fit for him and you just didn't bet him out. Right. Uh, that is the situation for me. It's actually like almost one to one with when Luke list won the, uh, farmer's insurance open last year or whenever that was, um, because, you know, just in my head, I'm like, is this guy going to get his first career win against a field of this caliber in conditions like these with $3 million on the line? Uh, when every, every time he's been put in this situation, he's kind of folded down under pressure. Um, so that was my rationale for loving his course fit, liking him in DFS, playing him as first round leader, but not thinking that he could close out this tournament in the way that like a Jordan Spieth or a Matt Fitzpatrick could. Lo and behold, it was as simple as just getting the guys who are best with their long irons and the longest off the tee, which we've known all along on a course like uh, Quail Hollow, where all of these great stars uh, like Rory and and Fowler and Homa uh, have picked up their first career wins at. So the writing was on the wall. I feel dumb uh, for not uh, betting, for essentially not betting Wyndham Clark at the right time in the right market and circling it as much as I did. Um, if I have an excuse, it's that I was a little distracted last week with bachelor party stuff at a short week. Um, I wanted to just quickly get my bets in, uh, while I could. And maybe if I spent, if I had a little more time to refine, um, a deeper dive into the field, I might, I might've made different decisions. Um, but yeah, it was a bachelor party weekend. I apologize for, the lack of coherency, if any, in uh, my tournament preview article this week, which came out on Monday. I appreciate everybody's uh, tips for battling the hangovers. I assure you there is a shortage of Advil and Pedialyte and Liquid IV in Jersey City now. I have quartered the market. It is all in my apartment and in my system. Um, but I, oh man, I love, I love bachelor party weekends. They're so great. Um, I really do. I go all in for bachelor party weekends. I only get a few of them a year outside of bachelor parties. I'm not really going, you know, I'm not really going at the same speed. Um, so I conserve 
my energy. I save everything I, I have in me for bachelor party weekends. And it is an all out sprint for three days. And by the time we've gone from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sleepless nights, drinking all day, out all night, all of that good stuff, I got nothing left in me on Sunday. So um, now to, to even write an article this Sunday, I was proud of myself. And I hope that it was still helpful to you guys to, to see it. But please don't judge me uh, on this article alone if anything that I say is not um, – is not right this week. We will be 100%. I, I feel 100% now, and I think we will be 100% um, it for sure by the time of the PGA Championship. Okay, so let's get into the task at hand, the 2023 AT&T Byron Nelson. Um, this is the third year at TPC Craig Ranch. KH Lee has won each of the first two, and it's been sort of a rotation across Dallas area venues at the... Uh, Byron Nelson, always been in Texas, always important to keep the Texas roots of this tournament. Um, but it seems like it's always been a birdie fest, no matter where they put it. It was at Trinity Forest um, before this. And Aaron Wise and Sung Kang won while it was there. And then after COVID, they relocated to TPC Craig Ranch, which, in my opinion, is not the best use of the Dallas area to pick a golf course. It is not that uh, exciting of course ryan palmer is a member here uh even in his interviews he's i feel like he kind of almost seems surprised that they picked this venue um he's been uh on uh record as saying uh the only defense of this course is the wind and it hasn't been incredibly windy each of the first couple years so there hasn't been much defense it has been a birdie fest it has been a putting contest um, it has been an event that KH Lee won at 200 to one. And then again at hundred to one, he's 25 to one. And I think that's the worst number I've seen all year on a player, but, um, you know, take the, take with that, what you will, people love betting, uh, on a dynasty. So maybe it's the KH Lee dynasty this week, but that is not where I will be placing my bets. Um, and then just to go over to the odds page. Um, over here, just to start looking at the state of the board, it is Scotty Scheffler, the prohibitive favorite. He is somebody that if he was somehow miraculously eight to one, I would have just bet Scotty Scheffler uh, to win and be done with it um, on a single bullet. He didn't come close to that before Spieth withdrew with injury. And now that he has withdrawn from injury, uh, he's about three to one. So not somebody that I'm going to bet on my betting card. Um, you know, I think you just hope that he doesn't win, but I don't, even though he's not a great putter and the putter has been the only thing that's kept him from winning every single event that he plays in, um, Scotty Scheffler before his come up was a guy who just dominated in birdie fest. Um, and he was somebody who was on like 59 watching a lot of tournaments. So he can go low. He's won in Texas, um, at the, uh, at Austin Country Club for the match play. So he always plays well here. He enjoys playing in Texas. The crowd is going to be on his side tenfold now that they don't have Spieth to like distract from. Um, so all eyes will be on Scotty Scheffler. Yes, it is the week before major. No, I don't think this is a tune-up for him. I think in DFS, I'll definitely find a way to get as much exposure to him as I can. Um, I think he probably feels a little motivation now not being number one again, going back and forth with John Rahm. 
I'm not sure if a win here gets him back to one, but I can assure people that he is motivated to not be world number two. So a win in Texas, I think would go a long way for his confidence going into the second major of the year. Um, after the two Texas guys, uh, the rest of the favorites this week are Hatton Day, Tom Kim, Hideki Matsuyama, and KH Lee, I, I guess would be your board under 25 to one. Um, so it's not, it's not great. It's definitely not an alternate field, but there are some, some quality names considering, uh, we're sandwiched between an elevated event and a major, um, the depth here, I, I think does drop off quite a bit. Um, there's not a ton of options. I think that are super viable beyond like 150 to one this week. Um, and there's just a lot of like lower tier players in, in this field. Um, moving on to the course specs one, uh, or I guess two, two edits here that I will blame the hungover state, uh, for omitting in, in the tournament preview, um, for the first time in this event's history, or that's not true for the first time in its three years at TPC Craig ranch, they have, uh, converted this to a par 71. So basically, if you see here, this 12th hole, the 547 yard uh, par five, that's going to be converted into a 490 or so yard par four. So there are now only three par fives and an extra par four in there. The total yardage is still over 7,400 yards. I think it's like 7,414 at this point. Um, It doesn't make me deprioritize uh, par five scoring any further. I mean, it's, it's really, it's all relative. If you really think about it, of what, what you're scoring on a given hole, um, that 12th hole is a hole that you needed to get a four on to, you know, keep pace with the field. And you're still going to need to get a four on that hole to keep pace with the field. And now it's just shorter. So, um, I don't think that really changes things. It's still a easy setup. It's not really that um, that difficult of a course to navigate the fairways are wide. They still are. The course is going to ask you to hit a ton of drivers and you're going to have a lot of, uh, 200 plus approach shots in, especially from the par threes. I would say the par threes are your best defense. Three of the four are over 200 yards. Um, so just something to keep, keep an eye out for this week that that did change slightly, but it doesn't really change anything I'm putting in my model. Um, the other thing, I don't know why I omitted this from the comp courses, but TPC San Antonio uh, might actually be my favorite comp course of all of them to uh, TPC Craig Ranch. So uh, that's my bad for leaving that off of the comp course list. But when you talk about Texas courses that are long, that uh, emphasize long iron approaches and their best defense is also the windy elements. Um, that is definitely true at both of these courses. Uh, uh, TPC San Antonio is a little tighter. It definitely has more, um, trees that you have to worry about here. So, uh, off the tees, less of a priority at TPC Craig Ranch than, than TPC San Antonio. But, but I do really love that comp, uh, aside from TPC San Antonio, I think Cocoa beach where the Puerto Rico open is, is a great comp, um, for generous fairways and distance advantage. And then you've also got your fall swing venues, um, such as Silverado country club of Jackson, PGA West, um, even Kapalua, Detroit golf club, TPC twin cities. These are all TPC, uh, style birdie fest, um, courses. 
that reward aggressive birdie making not a lot of like decisions to make off the tee just pull a driver hit it far hit a long iron onto the green and hope you hit a bunch of 20 foot putts um or less so that is the long and short of uh of this uh need to know stats you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So I will next move it over to my model for this week. And we will take a look at the uh, key stats that I fed in and the weighting and all that good stuff. So uh, as a easy scoring venue, I think approach is going to be your scoring iron. So a combination of strokes gain approach as priority with proximity from 200 plus, I think is where first and foremost I'm looking and then uh, comp course history, super important. All of those easy but longer courses, I think, translate pretty well to those who have found success early on here. Um, strokes game putting, it's a putting contest. I don't usually weight putting that much at all, but I think this is some, a place where you need to catch fire here. So um, that is important and something that I put a lot more weight on than I typically would. Then I've split birdies or better gained into last 36 and on easy scoring conditions only. Um, I think the latter is definitely more translatable to what you're going to find helpful here. If you weren't making birdies at Quail Hollow, that doesn't mean you can't make birdies here. Um, if you were making a ton of birdies at uh, the Puerto Rico Open, then I'm actually even more encouraged, even though that was like a month ago, um, that you can channel that same sort of approach and do well here. Um, and then in a similar vein, just, uh, strokes gain total in easy scoring conditions. Um, all of these like mixed condition modeling combined with comp course history, um, makes that, you know, pretty much my, my main reference point here, since we are kind of going back in time to what we would see in the fall swing, uh, and the, and everything, once we get within major season gets a little bit tougher. 
Um, so I'm definitely looking more on buy low on players who got off to a hot start this year in easy scoring conditions against lesser fields, um, who may have potentially hit a wall once we get into the, this, the heat of the season against difficult competition. Um, from there, we also have uh, driving distance. I mentioned um, proximity from 200 plus par five scoring again. Now there's only th- there's only three, but um, it's still going to be important this week. Uh, it is bent grass this week for the first time in a little bit, so uh, want to add that back into the model. And then a very small weighting on strokes gain off the tape. So um, no surprise after running this that Scheffler and Spieth were one and two in the model, uh, but with Spieth withdrawn, um, that makes Scotty Scheffler clearly the man to beat based on what we're putting in the model. I mean, you look at this, it's one and two in all of the key, st- every single one of the key stack categories here, uh, including short skin total and easy scoring conditions, which is just another reminder that uh, even though you see this 82nd in putting, um, Scheffler has still been somebody who's been able to figure it out and and get streaky um, on easy layout. So he's a great fit. He's a threat. He should be in your DFS lineups. If you want to bet the winner without market this week, you can totally do that. But, um, I don't find that to be very fun. So I, I probably, I will not, I already have not, um, after speed, the rest of the top 10 now becomes Hoagie Hatton day, David, Davis, Riley, Eric Cole, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, Akshay has also withdrawn. So then it's Mab McNeely, uh, Taylor Montgomery and Matt Kuchar. Um, I would say a pretty eclectic group there. You have a lot of like plotters in there, like a Tom Hoagie and a Matt Kuchar. And then you also have um, more bombers. Like, I mean, Hideki Matsuyama hits it a long way. Uh, McNeely and Montgomery. So I think we're seeing a, a mix like that because uh, I put so much emphasis on comp conditions. So it's not just the guys who are coming in the hottest right now. It's not just guys who are bombs away only. It's guys who can make a lot of birdies in easy scoring conditions. So put that all together. Um, and as we get to the players that I have bet outright this week, I have a card of five. Um, and I will admit I was late to get some bets in this week. Um, so I, I basically scrambled to put an entire card together in like 10 minutes, um, as soon as the Spieth withdrawal news was announced. So, um, that forced, I I would say that encouraged me, um, to go more top heavy. I was getting ready to do like one guy at the top and a bunch of guys from like the 50 to 80 to one range and just spread out my my card on like a, a very long, like eight to 10 player card. But once Spieth uh, withdrew, um, strategy changed. I knew the guys that were going to see the best um, closing value were going to be the guys at the top and the guys who were like 60 to one or longer don't really get affected when the favorite gets removed like that or a co-favorite gets removed like that. So um, because of that, I was, I was originally leaning towards starting with Hideki um, but I got an 18 to one on Tyrrell Hatton. Um, and I just couldn't pass that up knowing that he was going to be the second favorite this week at 18 to one, uh, with his current form, which I will actually pull up because I feel like Tyrrell Hatton goes on these runs and you don't even realize it because he's always like sneaking up past the field. Um, 
But I mean, if you look at this form across all four categories over his last five, 10, 20, 100 events, um, this is a player who has a complete all around game. Um, he has finished top three, top three last week at the Wells Fargo, which again, I was watching that tournament pretty closely on Sunday and I didn't even notice he was in the mix. And then lo and behold, here he is uh, finishing third. Um, he's finished, you know, top 10 or so at the waste management at the players, uh, where he came very close to winning the players, the API. So he's doing it in easy conditions. He's doing it in hard conditions. Um, just a player with a good all around game who lines up well, uh, from a stat profile standpoint, ranking uh, about top 10 or so in approach, comp course, putting, birdies are better. Um, so it seems like a good fit. 18 to 1 is now a good value. He's probably closer to 12 um, post-speed withdrawal. So hopefully he comes motivated. He definitely does seem to be uh, trending towards picking up his first win. Next is Hideki Matsuyama from an outright perspective. It's always a roll of the dice. We haven't seen him since the Masters, and he picks really interesting tournaments um, to to play in, understanding that he's going through all of these neck injury, neck surgeries. Um, so every time you bet Matsuyama, you are taking a good number and just hoping that it's one of the weeks where you know, he's not injured. Um, this recent form looks really good because it's a fifth, 15th and 16th. Uh, what's not shown here is that there's like three or four withdrawals in between, <laughs> in between all of these, uh, any tournament that he's not finishing, um, isn't going to show up here in fantasy national. But I think the point here is if he's good to go for four rounds, he has been playing really well, like himself. Um, and even the putter is like not killing him lately. Um, so the, the only, uh, question mark is whether he's healthy. If he is healthy, I think this is, um, a place that he can have some success. I want to say he was in contention, um, at this event last year. He was, he finished third, um, last year. Uh, and that injury concern was all the same last year as it is now. Um, that look ahead to the PJ championship concern was also all the same last year as it is now. So, he just kind of loves playing in Texas. He shows up at the Valero before the Masters, plays well at the Valero. He's doing it again at Byron. Uh, 28 to 1 for a major champion who um, you know, is going up against some not, not so uh, intimidating uh, opponents at the top of the board. I think it's a great value. Um, so that was really nothing more than value bet. Um, Taylor Montgomery is a player I spotlighted this week. It's he's so elite in everything except approach for what matters this week. He was great in the uh, fall swing, one of the best putters on tour. Um, and obviously the approach numbers are a glaring, uh, concern, but he's the type of player who's going to hit his approaches to like 25 feet when he's a hundred yards out and still make that putt. So at the end of the day, if you are still hitting greens, but not hitting it close, but able to hit, make long putts, which he does, um, then it doesn't actually matter that much. And if this truly is a putting contest where you can hit driver on every hole, that is the perfect setup for Taylor Montgomery. Um, he was you know, the scariest player in this rookie class in all of 2022 to start the fall swing. And then 
um, abruptly hit a wall once the fields got better and, and the tournaments got more difficult. So I think this is a case where we get um, conditions more akin to what he was dominating in in the fall swing. Um, it could be a nice little get right spot for him um, to to regenerate his uh, his his season. Um, next, we have Sam Stevens. I love Sam Stevens this week. He's got a pair of top threes on comp uh, long and windy courses and easy courses um, between the, or I guess they're more moderate courses, but the Corrales uh, Championship and the Valero Texas Open in back-to-back weeks. He is from Fort Worth. He went to school at Oklahoma State, so he knows this type of golf. He knows this climate. Uh, knows how to hit a ball in the wind. And for my money, um, he's trending towards being like a rookie of the year sleeper because he's already, he's already had, I think three top 15 finishes, um, and two top threes. And if he puts another good finish together here, um, or even, you know, picks up a win this season, that might be enough for him to lap, uh, Taylor Montgomery or uh, Ben Griffin. I'm not really sure who else is in the running in this rookie class, but Sam Stevens is, is definitely uh, trending in the right direction. Uh, and somebody who has a clear fit for long and windy uh, courses. Uh, similarly, Nate Lashley, this is 150 to one bet um, top 40 in the model. Um, it's the comp course history stuff that I think I'm most drawn to with Lashley. He was a top 20 finisher here last year in his debut at TPC Craig ranch. Um, and when we talk about the comp courses, this is what I found most interesting about Lashley. Um, and as you look at the approach numbers, they're definitely trending in the right direction of what you want to see. Somebody who can win, win a tournament with his approach and putting, uh, he has won the rocket mortgage classic in 2019, uh, in, in similar easy birdie fast scoring conditions. And you can see it was all approach and putting, uh, that's kind of his game. But what I think is most interesting about Lashley is the comp course success historically. Um, What I put in my model is just uh, last 36, but like over the totality of his career, I think he's had about 12 or so um, top 15 finishes. Or even if we go, yeah, even if we go to top, this is crazy. If we go to top 20s, we'll start here and we look at comp courses. Valero is a comp. Fortinet at Silverado is a comp. Uh, Waste Management is a TPC. Tom Weisskopf, that's a comp. Uh, Country Club of Jackson, definitely a comp. This is last year at the AT&T. Byron Nelson, Fortinet is a comp course again. Um, Corrales, we mentioned that's a comp course. PGA West is a very easy scoring conditions. Um, I don't think Stadium Course compares to this, but the other two absolutely do. Um, And then we're back at Corrales comp. Puerto Rico Open, that is my favorite comp. Uh, uh, Sony Open is not. at and uh, Pebble Beach is not. Corrales again, Waste Management again, Puerto Rico Open again, and Detroit again. So all of the best finishes in Nate Lashley's career have come on these types of long, wide open, easy scoring, a little bit of wind uh, courses. It's just interesting how correlated that is. And if, if uh, Cocoa Beach for the Puerto Rico open is um, the best comp to what we're going to see this week. Then, I mean, look at these results. He's never finished worse than T eight. Um, and in his debut here, he was T 19. So I think that's encouraging for Lashley, somebody that I will want 
on my placement card. I'm not sure if it'll be top 20 or top 40 yet, but uh, just seems to fit the course very well. So that is going to do it for me. Um, thank you guys again for watching um, and for bearing with me as I, as I labored through a hungover um, AT&T Pebble Beach Byron Nelson tournament preview article. Um, I hope you found this video helpful. I wish you the best of luck with your bets this week and looking forward to diving in even further to the PGA Championship next week for major number two major number two on the 2023 season. Thanks again.